Hello, my friend. We meet again. It's been a while. Where should I begin? Feels like forever with my heart, our memories. Oh, perfect love that you gave me. Oh, I remember. Hello, my friend. We meet again. We meet again for another podcast. Talking about records that I pre-selected and I randomized their selection to be off the cuff speaking about them. That's the premise of this. And that's where, that's what I will go ahead and do now, right? Yes, so we're down to how many records. I didn't even open the, the, the Word document. Oh, I see, it's open. Last time we've talked about the seminal classic of modern hip-hop, modern, uh, modern hip-hop, uh, 88s and Heartbreaks. Truly like one of the uh, stepping stones of our uh, understanding of hip-hop. Really like the, the, the what's becoming a little bit of a thread here because I have a few favorite artists that are already quite covered. I cover Leonard Cohen, I covered Kanye, two albums, I cover some Radiohead, uh, Tame Impala, Bill Callahan, Sigur Ross. Yeah, it's an interesting catalog so far. Those 20, 26 records, I think that you have a, 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 a nice selection here. Uh, covered New Young as well, when New Young was, you know, when we were able to listen to New Young, at least. Um, on Spotify, that happened ever since. I did this uh, anyway. Harvest to a great album, and yes, let's just keep going. Let's um, let's sort it out. Let's get the party going. Three o five is the number of albums that I have to be selected from. Three o two. Okay, so one of the latest ones, which is Nick Drake. Brighter Lyra. Um, another favorite, another very important album in my trajectory, not only because uh, Nick Drake in... I thought about Nick, Day, Nick Drake today, by the way. I was listening to a Spanish, I know it's a Mexican, Canadian, American, Mexican artist. She was all over the place. Her name is Liaza. Del, um, Delana, I don't remember what's her second name. Liazo de Sela, Liazo de Sela, which is a um, a singer who died in 2009, died pretty young of uh, breast cancer. She re- she released she released uh, like two or three albums, and she has a, a great voice. It's like. It's similar to Bjork in a way, the, the way that she poses her voice. So I started thinking about uh, people that die really young. She died at 37 years old. And Nick Drake died at 27 or 28, if I'm not mistaken. So it's... Um, yeah, he died at 26. 26 which is 
if it, it goes without saying that's insane, right? Like a person dying at 26 years old. And even more insane is that the guy had the catalog that he has, you know, at 26. I was started thinking that, that you know, when you, when you hear about someone who died that young and 37 is pretty young as well, you you almost most definitely get some parallels going there. Uh, Nick Drake, it's always in the same conversation as Alex Smith, as uh, Jeff Buckley, and in in a bigger sense, it's a different genre and all that. It's a different style of music, of course. But you have like Jimi Hendrix and Jay Joplin, Kurt Cobain. Those are the more mainstream type of people that die really young. Um, um, Lee Morrison and all that. So it's um, it's always unfortunate, but it's it speaks to the capacity of music to be uh, transcendent. And th this album, and I, I listened to this record right pretty pretty recent, uh, within the, the, the last fifteen days, because I remember I was living where I am right now uh, already. I was listening to that because it was a pretty um. Uh, kind of a somber, sad time, yeah. So I usually I refer to to Nick Drake when I am feeling particular uh, that way in particular. So what we have here is part of the legacy. It's um, thirty five percent of his legacy. Uh, he made three studio albums, and the rest is just. Uh, compilations and, and things that be eventually he recorded within the sections of one album of the other album right because um, musicians don't record like the 11 songs that they have for the for the record that's the best crop of stuff that they what gets released right as everything you have outtakes and you have you know different uh, versions of it even different arrangements so even if someone dies really young and with not much material you always find the scrape you know of the of the stuff that they release afterwards so um, of course pink moon has outtakes and and, and, and different things there pink moon not pink moon exactly uh, brighter lighter in that case uh, although i don't remember seeing many different versions from from the Nick Drake's records, it might be just a maintenance thing at the time, you know, it's a little bit harder to maintain in, in like the 70s. There is, there is different versions. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like different songs and all that. There are even like songs that never made the albums, especially the first one. I think that most of them are sections from the first one because that was the, the, the most alive that he was right in terms of uh really really trying because the story with nick drake is that uh, he has severe um stage fright so he never toured so the, the his music never got spread like in, in tours and in colleges and all that so there was a lot of potential of course the potential that was met after post humbly right there was a lot of potential in his records, a lot of potential in his music, but he never 
as extreme introvert he was never very much after people knowing his songs and knowing his albums he tried for for a bit and the 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 basic way that you promote especially in the 70s 60s is by by touring he he, he wasn't getting radio time with his stuff right you 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 wouldn't fit necessarily so uh, nowadays if there was a nick drake and I'm pretty sure there are people who share a similar sensibility to him, in a you know so stylistically speaking. He will probably have a platform. He'll probably just be in his home and playing and releasing albums and making lives and whatever. So he probably won't. He probably wouldn't have the ailments that he had if he was able to not be on a stage, right? As the Beatles eventually stopped doing it and all that. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that his story, he was always underrated, even though he was embraced by the industry, even though he was um, like the, the, the scene, the, the folk scene in England in the, in the 1960s was embracing him. He was seen as a talent to pay attention to i mean it's obvious that's the case right that his sensibility and his way of writing his way of playing uh his hushed way of singing his his uh you can probably say that pen delivery or something like that i don't think it's that pen it doesn't emote very much it's not a it's not a, a a technical singer as singers can usually be um, with modulating and just, you know, reaching vibratos and, and doing, like, a lot of technical stuff in regards to, to putting your voice into a melody. He is very hushy and, and, and very um, subdued. The subdued is probably the, the word that, I, that I'm looking for. So he basically inaugurated that style. You can probably say Leonard Cohen as well at the same time. It wasn't it's it's something that it was on the ETA, right? In the ETA. In the ETA, right? Yeah. So of course that you have bombastic type of of performances. You're gonna have quiet performances, right? It's just the way that the spectrum of expression works. You have loud and you have um low volume of intensity of whatever you know anyway um you have the first album and they are not very spread very much spread between them it's 69 70 and 72 or 73 pink moon 72 so not even like two years between them um i believe that he had a lot of songs in him when he went to record uh five leaves left uh, which is his first album is not the one in question here um, so that one was embraced. There are like members of Fairport Con Convention, which was probably the biggest band at the time, biggest folk band in England at the time. And um, there are instrumentalists from those uh, groups and all that. Toured a little bit with the first album, got really excited about the potential of everything, got into the second one. I don't, be, I, it might not have been very well received as far as I can tell, as far as I remember the story. It might not have been like uh, insanely well received. 
So he he got into a little bit of a depression, maybe. I don't know exactly. So he got into a rut, in a way. So he spent like two years between the, the, the Bright Lighter and, and Pink Moon kind of battling against like a, a sense of not reaching his full potential, something like that. I don't know exactly how to explain what he f felt because, you know, I'm not, I'm not him. So, and I never talked to him, <laughs> so I, I can't say. Um, recorded the third album which I hope to be able to speak about because it's probably one of my favorite favorite albums. I'm planning on a tattoo of it. I'm going to tattoo the, the eventually in the future, right? I'm going to tattoo the, the clown. Like if you search Pinkmon, Nick Drake, you're going to see what I'm talking about. Uh, that's, that's a project that I have. And um, Pinkmon was totally stripped back. Totally voice and guitar. There is one overdub of piano in the first song, the, the titular song, and after that, it's just him and the guitar. It's 26 minutes of music. Mostly are short songs. And it's one of the most beautiful records ever produced. Things Behind the Sun is just a fantastic song. And all of them are really fantastic songs. There are a couple of exercises in, in melody and... and, and guitar playing and all that or a couple of different experimental things that probably would pave the way of what he would do in the future right in terms of what he felt like going as an artist more experimental types of things with guitars and and all that uh english folk, british folk music are quite known for those um, type of melodic and, and phonic experimentations they tend to go hard on the pain in terms of uh experimenting with horns, experimenting with that type of thing. You can refer to Richard Dawson if you want an, uh, a, a more clear example of those, of what I'm talking about. He's a guy, he's a more, much more contemporary, contemporary uh, artist. He plays around with those, with those ideas of British folk music. He's a, he's a revisionist and a vanguardist at the same time, which are the most interesting type of artists, in my opinion, at least. So he rescues a lot of traditions, but he plays in a post-rocky, very experimental and, and, and long and long-winded type of songs and all that. So it's, it tends to be really interesting, the, the, the meeting of those two approaches, right? Coming back to Nick Drake, he's very much the the, the, the the former not the latter uh, he's a traditionalist in a way he doesn't expect or thinks that he might break some paradigms and, and I, don't, I don't think so so you have in Bridal Lighter like the, 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 the most luscious and the most like oh what's it, it's not oh I remember what was the motive I don't the motive for his sadness in that case uh, I remember hearing that he didn't feel like Bridal Lighter was ex exactly his album. I, he he didn't have much connection to this second record. I do believe that he felt that it was mostly the other guy's album. 
so it, it, will, it was more of a collective effort than his own songwriting being although his songwriting is just what it carries right what what the album is is his songwriting and his guitar is the is the force of 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 the, the, the melodies and harmonies in it he felt that he was too much embellished I do think I do think that that was the argument um, in few interviews that might have been made with um, with his sister, which is the main like you know the main person that speaks about him. Didn't make didn't uh, didn't make many interviews and all that. So Nick Nick uh, Nick Drake in that sense. In that case, <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I'm blabbing a bit. I mean that's the name of the that's the name of the podcast, right? So what I'm trying to say is. Uh, Pink Moon is, is his full fingerprint and what he believes is his, uh, what should have been his legacy, right, as a songwriter. Uh, the first two albums, the first one is more simple, right? The, the, the Five Leaves Left and Pink Moon, they pair up quite nicely between them. Rider Lighter, it's a, it's a detour from what he would probably wanted to do because he was so successful in doing those type of things like the, the his style of songwriting and his songwriting itself it's so strong and so beautiful and so what songwriting needs to be right in terms of poetry in terms of cadence in terms of just it's a songwriter and one of the best ones that ever lived right so of course everything else that comes with the production and comes with the with the with the building up on things it's going to be complementary. I think that he felt the brighter lighter was too much of of a good thing. Which it can be too sweet. Yes. If you listen to the record it can be too sweet. He was way ahead of the curve though because that type of sweetness, that type of baroque approach to to writing melodies and harmonies was the norm eventually when you got the second wave of of, of folk um alternative folk with arcade fire with fleet foxes with you know and you name it so even though it was kind of an accident that his songs became so embellished and 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 in flourished right i don't know if in flourished is a i don't know it might not be a word anyway um even though the songs became very 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 ornamental right it might not be a word as well a lot of new words right being invented i'm like the shakespeare of podcasting ornamental yeah ornamental that's a word dude it's a it's fine um very embellished, very, very decorated. You can strip back most most of the instrumentals in Bridal Lighter, and you have a song as beautiful, if not more beautiful, than it was designed to be, right? Um, you have Pink Moon as the testimony to that, which is, is exactly what it is. In terms of uh, in terms of instrumentals, just as simple as simple can be, and it's just it is the most beautiful of the three albums. Uh, it, it's so phenomenal. Pink Moon is so amazing of a record 
the the other ones would probably be fine existing on their own if pinkmo wasn't there they would probably be as good as pinkmo is but you know you got pinkmo and you can't change the fact that it's such a vulnerable it's such a beautiful dark and 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 beautiful record i'm going to i'm going to save comment commentary for for when pink moon comes right when the when the the episode for pink moon comes so you have very lush and well taught and well placed classic classic classical <laughs> classic instrumentation erudite music right erudite uh, like violins and and cellos uh, cello song is the first one it's not that one but anyway um, you have cellos you have like horns all over the place you have drums you have a very live and baroque approach to the instrumentals um, it doesn't take away the songs you know that's what I, I think it's probably what i mean the instrumentals don't take away from the songs that are there no matter what pink move is a testimony to that precise mechanism right but because Pink Moon was such, because Pink Moon was was as such as it is, you almost question like, oh, how would it be if that was the case with all the, the other two albums, right? You wouldn't, we would never know. I'm pretty sure every song would be great if they were arranged to to be played as such as they are, like the most stripped back version of it so fantastic album you have probably his most famous songs are probably in this record i believe by the play the play oh no pink moon is just yeah, overwhelming the most famous it's 125,000 plays you have besides pink moon at pink moon in Pink Moon, the album, you have one of one of these things first, and you have Northern Sky, which are his most well-known songs. Um, this is quite deservedly so because they are highlights in the album. Uh, there, are, there are no weak weak songs. There are all, all of them are great. It's an album. To, it's a perfect record, essentially. Bright Lighter. It's a perfect. Uh, none of his albums are. None of his songs actually are bad in any way. Even the exercises or even horn, you know, in Pink Moon, is just good. It's a good. It's a good. It's, it's good man. He's, he's, he he was a blast a songwriter. Um, one of those figures that that. It's emblematic and, and, and mysterious, but also, you know, everything that the guy was, I think, is just laid down on his on his songs. It's pretty much that uh, he was a very timid, kind of volatile, kind of, uh, you know, angry uh, in a way, but very sensitive guy might be to his detriment right because his sensitiveness you know took a toll on him and you know he was he was abused of medication that 
that caused his death. It wasn't suicide, precisely. Um, I don't. I don't think the the family ever said that it was. So, yeah. I I I tend to, to to talk about how the the album affects me personally. Right? It was I started listening to Nick Drake. It was probably. 2011 or 2012 it was when i discovered like a bunch of new records from from 60s and 70s folk you put new young you put cohen you put nick drake in that as well um discovered a bunch of them in a later time that was the first universe that i was ever exposed to after the, like the normal things that i that i listened to as a kid and i yeah, you just you just learn to love, right, Nick Drake? Because there's no way not to like those songs. It's just fucking one of the purest forms of of feelings ever put into writing and melody and harmony. <laughs> it's just what it is. There's no, you know, he is one of the most fantastic songwriters that ever lived. So yeah, it was it was probably earlier than twenty than twenty twelve twenty twelve. Twenty twelve? Two thousand twelve. Is it right? Twenty eighteen, yeah. Twenty twenty twelve, yeah, twenty twelve. Sometimes I forget how to say years in English. Anyway. Um and every single heartbreak, every single rough time that I ever had, like love wise, I always refer to to, to to those albums because they they speak about that state of isolation and desolation that it, it can run its course you know it can be a little bit annoying after after a while because uh, it can be paralytic it can be par paralytic and parasitic parasitical at the same time you know it can be a little bit ah, okay man let me just live my life you know uh, thinking if the only thing that you do is thinking about a girl that doesn't you know that doesn't want you find better things to think about right and it's 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 a rumination process as well uh anyway i don't know why i'm saying all that but uh what i'm what i'm trying to say is that it go it goes a long way and it never gets old like the album it's been like 12 years that i've been listening to it it was definitely before 2012 um definitely before um so that was the first album that i ever had in vinyl like my record that was the first one that i ever possessed uh that was given by my former girlfriend because i mean it's immediate that i share music with people right it's uh, when i meet new people it's almost always the case that we bond over music and even becomes like a thing like ah, oh, let me when i meet a new girl and all that i always try to look for, for music because that's something that i have some type of you know things to say and a bottomless interest in so it's always i i, I always fall on that on that subject no matter what which which is probably a mistake but anyway you know, because uh, anyway, it's, uh, I don't know what to say about that. I don't have anything else to say. It's just it's something that happens. You know, usually we get 
me or someone else. And it's not even only girls. It's just most people. It's just something that I like. Uh, it's, it's a mechanism of understanding how other people are, right? What they listen to. You just get to know them. Oh, you you like the, the top 40 pop. You don't make much effort into understanding what's what's going on. Okay, all right. That's, uh, I'm, I'm, it's not judgment, you know? It's not judging them in that base. Um, character character logically speaking it's not it's not a judgment that i make but it's something that definitely helps with oh you you are there you know if 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 people usually go further than the basic it's something that i that i like to to explore because you, you know you might know someone that uh you know you, you might some know someone that is like a big metalhead and you know it it helps you understand their personality as well with metalhead stuff and, and blah 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 emo stuff and folk singer songwriter stuff rap stuff e blah, blah, blah. and she gave me this album uh, yeah I remember it was very early in our relationship she was a uh, kind of uh, I remember her being kind of not not embarrassed, but she thought it was like a big move, right, to 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 make. It was probably the sweetest thing someone ever ever did, right? It was a very sweet gesture from her. Uh, because we didn't know each other very much. And I I think she was trying to buy Pink Moon, because Pink Moon is the one that I always rave about when I meet people. It's the, it's the one that I present them to. Because it's, it's, it's better to start with Pink Moon in a way. Because then you see if you want more instrumentations or less instrumentations in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in his style of songwriting. You, you, you are exposed to the purest stuff first right there is no formula to it but that's the way that i uh, i introduce people to things behind the sun first and then oh okay and place to be you know oh, oh i like that all right so you can have a look at the other stuff and probably see if the other instrumentation also uh, appease, appeases you yeah so I remember that it was nearby my birthday i think because we started dating in october like the full-on, you are my girlfriend now. And then it was coming towards my my birthday, yeah. And then she used that as a used that as an uh, as an excuse to give to give me the the album. And then she also gave me the Wu Tang. Yeah, she gave me uh, Enter the Third Six Chambers. Oh no, she didn't. She didn't. she gave me the the shirt, not the not the album. No. Anyway. And then we always like, I always bought like fucking, you know, she, she always with me when we went to like uh, record stores and record uh, um, shops and um, it's not it's not shops, it's like um, markets, right? They have like a lot of vinyl records and all that. And I always bought like fucking 500, $500 of 
of uh, of records and yeah and then she she gave me that and i i wasn't taken aback at all i mean it was obvious that i would you know that we will love each other as we did so i, I didn't it didn't bother me at all that she she took that big of a leap right it was actually something uh kind of new and <laughs> yeah, it's new to this day I don't remember being I don't remember anyone giving me a gift like especially a romantic partner I don't remember anyone uh, doing that after her uh, I never had a girlfriend after her as well so that's probably by design right anyway uh, sentimental things aside it's a very sentimental record for that for that uh, reason um, I didn't bring that one with me which is a fucking shame or even or it might be here no it's here yeah I think I brought I think I brought it yeah I, I, let me grab it one second uh, let me grab it Yeah, I'm totally wrong. I do have the album with me. I do have the album with me. It's a 2013 edition, which we started dating in 2013, right? So that's the that's the thing, and I can see the the the, the who plays what. Yeah. I swear, oh John Cale plays in this in this album. I, I didn't I, I didn't remember that John Cale, famous for the Velvet Underground, right? He is British, actually. No, he's American. Yeah, he's American. He's American because he has an album called Paris, nineteen nineteen, which is a great record, which I I need to re-listen to because it's a great record. Um, it was around that time here, like 70-something. Yeah, I still have the album that she gave me. It's a, yeah. Anyway, that's a gift. Right? I need to speak with her again. I need to send a message to her. She is great. Anyway. That's it. I think that I spoken enough. Uh, it was a, it was a beautiful gesture. I was saying that exactly, you know. Uh, don't remember. Don't remember. Besides my parents and 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 brother and friends, which you know lift your spirit. I, I don't remember. I think this is the, the the only the only thing that I ever that I ever had given by someone you know just general surprise uh, about a gift it was a little bit too much you know because it was like a month of us dating it, it, it was just written that we would 
love one another, you know. And she picked up on that, and she. And there was a whole story about how she got a record and who she talked to, and she got to tell me that as well. Yeah, I remember listening to this. It was the first album that we listened to when we eventually moved to a to a place that could we, we couldn't make it work, right? Because we live in a very small studio at the first place that we lived at. And then we moved to a very big house, like a very like top. Uh, it was it, it was very spacious. It had a lot of rooms and all that. And um I remember listening to first time that we listened to an album was this one and then we just we just hug each other you know because I, I i did promise that the first one when i had a when, oh no now i remember yeah now i remember my dad gave me when we didn't live together my dad gave me a a turntable with the with the speakers and all that so it did work we eventually got the thing to work uh and i the first album that i played was this one yeah and i remember calling her and because i did promise right right when she gave me the, the album I promised that. I would. Yeah, I gotta recompose myself and uh, keep going with my day, right? Enough cry. It's a great record. Listen to it. It's great. And the other two as well. <coughs> the other two as well. From here. I eventually will speak about those, right? And, uh, hopefully it's a happier. No happier. I'm, I'm not sad or anything like that. It's just when you think about the connection that you had with someone and the connection it's not there anymore. Any souvenir you know, or any token of that. If you start to think about it and, and and you bring it to life again, it's uh it's gonna have a, a emotional rush. Especially emotionally rushed times, you know, which is kind of what I have been through lately, right? Like I recently really liked someone and didn't have any interest in in, in the other part. So it's a, it's water that carries inside you, right? And, and once you open that tap of not being liked and not being like, uh, once you open that dam, you break that dam of just feeling unwished. Uh, undesired, right? that type of thing. And you remember a time where you were. It's a little bit difficult, right? But anyway, it doesn't 
it doesn't get worse than this, I think. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I need to recompose myself now. I still have a work. I still have to work today, but yeah, it's uh hopefully that was of any use for yourself and listen to this album because uh, it's really something that brings a lot of beauty to your life. All right, thank you. <laughs>